Awesome. Are you excited this morning, church? Good, you should be. Um, just another announcement. This week, we are starting another young adults group. That is good news because it's growing. That's what it means. When something new is starting, something's growing. So this is uh, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at 138M, M, as in McCon, okay? So that's at Mike's house, and he'll be there. So go see, if, if you're the right age, please go see him on Tuesday night, if you're the right age. Okay. Right age is I I about 30, okay? 18 to 30. After that, I think uh, I could say if you're born in the early 80s, you're still all right. Early. Where do you go? You've got to come to men's or women's group after that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Okay, so today we are talking about making a difference in your world. The world, oh, guess what? We better open up in prayer. Let's do that, because we want to make a difference in the world. Lord, we come before you today, Lord Jesus, and Lord, we thank you that you have given us life, Lord Jesus, that that's the purpose that you came, and Lord Jesus, that you made a difference, a huge difference, a night and day difference, Lord, a life and death difference, and Lord, I thank you that we are the, um, the vehicles, Lord, or the ways, Lord, that you bring life to others in this world. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that what is spoken today is the words of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that we would receive them by faith, Lord, and we would be encouraged and strengthened, Lord, to do what you have for us to do. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. So the world is, some of these are obvious. The world is where you live. Is that obvious? That's right. So the world is where you live. The systems it runs on, so that could be political, economical, financial, different things like that, and the people within it, okay? So I would get you to check, you know, check that definition out, because I just came up with that. I'll just be honest, I just came up with that, so please check that out. But that's what I'm talking about today. And the text I would like us to focus on today is Philippians 2, 13 to 15, okay? So if you've got your Bibles, please turn there. And uh, this is going to sound a lot like something Reuben brought out yesterday from Matthew 10 about being light, okay? For God is working in you. God is working in you. Giving you the desire, this is from the New Living Translation, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him, to do everything, without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Because as people, that's just what people tend to do, what people do. Okay? The NIV says this. I, will, I really like this. Um, the last line of verse 15, it says, you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? So what I want to talk about is um, different people in the Bible who brought a difference to their world. 
Emily, thank you for bringing up John chapter 6. Also, the stories in Mark 6 about a boy. There was 5,000 people in need of food, and this, they find a boy's lunch. Jesus, Jesus tested them, as Emily said, the, the, the disciples. He said, um, how are we going to feed these people, he said. But he already had a plan, so that's why it was fun for him to ask the question. And sometimes God might be asking you a question, but he's actually having fun because he's already got a plan. He's never short of a plan. So, so he, they say to him, oh, it'll take about, we can't really feed these people, Philip says, because it'll take, it'll take uh, half a year's wages. That's an expensive lunch. If you've ever paid for a lunch, think of half your yearly income going to one lunch. That's a big commitment. But they found this boy. They found a boy. So it doesn't matter what age you are or, or what you think you have to offer. God has put something in your hand that can be used for his glory and for a demonstration of his power. Okay? So, so this, is, this is what this boy brings is five barley loaves and two fish. And if you want to look into barley, I'd encourage you to do that. If you want to dig a little further, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is powerful. And um, if we go back to God is working in you, giving you the desire, desire begins with birth. Did you know that? Desire is born. Okay? And I'm talking about being born of the Spirit. In order to have God's desires, you've got to be born into His kingdom. Okay? So what must one do to be born again? It's simple. Faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, Reuben also brought up this, John 6, 29. The work of God is to believe in, in who He sent, in who God sent. So to believe in Jesus Christ. That's your work, is just to believe. Okay? So desire, number one, desire begins with birth. Transformation continues through the word. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? And, uh, and then if we look at John 17, verses 16 and 17, it says, they are not of this world. This is Jesus praying about the disciples. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Guess what? Your citizenship, if you believe in Jesus Christ, your citizenship is in heaven. Okay, you're from another realm, the supernatural realm. And uh, it says, sanctify, Jesus says, is praying, and he says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctified is to be set apart. Sanctification is a process. That's two important things. Okay? As you have sent me into the world, Jesus says, even so... I have also sent them to the world. So you are sent as well. And, we, and not only are we born of the Spirit, but with birth, guess what? Power comes with uh, a birth. Power comes with being born of the Spirit, okay? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. Power, right? Love and self-control, self-discipline. Whatever it says in your Bible. So that's 2 Timothy 1.7. 
the spirit of him that raised Jesus up from the dead dwells in you, Romans 8, 11. So you, when you were born of the spirit, guess what? You, yes, desire is, is building for, for things that you have a desire to see in God's kingdom. And he'll give you a heart to do what he has for you. But he's also given you the power to do it. It's God's power, supernatural power. Okay, so back, back, if we back the bus up to this story of this boy with the loaves, um, the people, it says Jesus organized the people into 50s and 100s. And you might not think much of that. You think, oh, that's cool, I guess. They're organized. But guess where that comes from? From this old guy, an, an old dude, really old dude. It was... Uh, Moses' father-in-law comes to see him, and he says, uh, in Exodus 18, he says, um, you've got a big problem on your hands. He doesn't say this. this is, I'm just kind of explaining the situation, okay? But this is kind of how it goes. He says, you've got a big problem on your hands. You've got three million people to take care of. Three million people. How are you going to do that? And he says, you need to organize these people, he said, into thousands, into hundreds, into 50s and into 10s. So the people in Jesus' day knew how to get into a group of 50 and 100 because they had done it for a couple thousand years. You know what I'm saying? It, so, and and it, what people do that, or how to make a difference is be willing to give advice. Be willing to give the advice. Be willing to share your wisdom. Be willing to share your experience. And we heard that a lot from Dave. There was a lot of good stuff on parenting last week. But to make a difference in your workplace, maybe you see how something should operate. Or, or maybe um, somebody's, uh, you've got a buddy, and their family is, isn't a uh, functional family. And maybe you see something that can, not, not to condemn them or judge them, but just some wisdom that you can impart to them, and it'll be received, and it'll produce life in that family. And that's a, way to, that's a way to see people come into the kingdom because it's powerful. God's wisdom is powerful. But um, before you uh, decide to share your wisdom, guess what? You've got to receive it, don't you? You've got to receive it. So Proverbs 2.2 talks about inclining your ear uh, to wisdom and your heart to understanding. And, and that's something that is vital, 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 vital in order for you to succeed in life. Um, so it doesn't matter how young you are. We talked about that. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be somebody's, like Moses was 80, okay, when he was moving the, the Israelites out of Egypt. So I imagine his father-in-law was probably a little advanced on from there. Okay, so there's hope for everyone here. Okay? Uh, so it doesn't matter who you are. God has put things in you, and he still has stuff for you. It's, it's not how you start the race. It's how you finish it, isn't it? So I, I'd, like you, I'd like to encourage you, and that's what Jethro says. The purpose of dividing the people was um, to delegation. The purpose of it was to endure. So Moses could endure, it says, and that the people could have peace. That's, that's what God wants for us, isn't it? He wants us to endure our race, and that comes through wisdom. So be open to receiving wisdom. Awesome. So let's move on. Uh, back to the boy and the loaves. 
So we've talked about uh, desire being born, power coming with the birth, but it's also what you have is enough. So what is in your hand? That's what I'm going to ask you. What is in your hand? Okay, so the, the boy gave what he had in his hands, didn't he? Um, again, I'll go back to the story of Moses, too. In Exodus chapter 4, um, we have this discussion between God and Moses. And this is what Moses says to God. Um, what if Israel doesn't believe me or listen to my voice? What if they say God has not appeared unto me? And the Lord said to him, this is God's answer, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? And he said, a rod or a staff. Doesn't seem like much. It's a piece of wood, you know, and it helps me walk. Or I can hit things with it, you know, or whatever he did with it. I don't know. But, but that's all it was. Maybe he was, he was probably herding sheep with it, to be quite honest. And God said to him, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said to Moses, put forth your hand, take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and he caught it, and it became a rod again in his hand. So it doesn't matter what it is in your hand, how you view it. In God's eyes, it could be opportunity, and it could be powerful. So, so I want you to consider those things that um, it, maybe you need to be born today, born again, born in the Spirit, so that your desires are, are the right desires. Because God has a, a better plan for your life than you can even think or imagine. Okay? So, that, so that's, where, that's where desire starts, is with God. And um, being, being transformed by his word, if you're in the continuing journey, right? And with power, never forget, with being born again comes power. You may not feel powerful, but it doesn't go on feelings. God's word is beyond feelings. It's the absolute truth. And that you are powerful because you are born again. And then what is in your hand? So um, provision is given to you. And just to back up what I'm saying, could we look at the Lord's Prayer? And in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 11, these are the verses I want to focus on. After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then it says, Your kingdom come, or thy kingdom come. Your kingdom come, right? Your will be done. So when the kingdom comes, all of a sudden God's will is done, isn't it? So your will be done on earth it is in heaven, in heaven. And then it says, give us this day our daily bread. So these three things. First, the kingdoms come. Then God's will is done. And then provision is given. Okay, so I want you to think, think of those points. And uh, I just want to say, bless you guys in, in reaching your world. And that you have a significant part to play. God has placed you where he has placed you for a purpose and for such a time as this. We've heard these messages before and we just want them to sink in for people to get excited and go, yes, I can do that by the power of God because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay, so I just want you to be encouraged today. Pastor Ruth is going to follow up with some incredible stuff. So just receive the word by faith and bless you guys. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you, Aaron.
Nicole. Imagine if I just stood up here and said nothing. Wouldn't it be awesome? It would be. Because God moves when we say nothing. It is good. I kind of feel a bit like that this morning, actually. I've been actually praying. I said to Lord a while ago, I says, these preachers, they get up and they just go for it. They've got no notes. How do they do it? I would love that. And do you know what? For the last few weeks, I have made notes and the Lord is, and I'm like, it's just, it's just hopeless, really, because I know that the Lord is just saying, well, you asked for it, just go for it. Just go for it. There was a new pastor in town, and he was at the church, and he decided he was going to do some visiting. So he goes around, and he visits, and he came to one house, and he knocked on the door, and no one came. And so he took out one of his little business cards, and he wrote on it, Revelation 3, verse 20. And it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he sticks it in the door and he goes away. On Sunday at church, the following Sunday, they had taken an offering and they were sitting at the back counting the offering. And here was this business card with Revelation 3 and 20 on it. He turns it over and on the other side, there was Genesis 3 verse 10. And it says this, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid, for I was naked. (laughs) Do you know, sometimes we can think, Lord, I feel totally naked. I'm actually feeling a bit like that. Sometimes we just feel, Lord, I can't, but you can. And John 15 says this. John 15 is such a great verse. This is Jesus, and he says, I am the vine you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you want to make a difference in the world, you need Jesus. That's the first thing you need is Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you remain in me, ask whatever you wish. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Ask whatever you wish. That's what he says. That's a promise. And this is what else he says, and it will be given to you. Isn't that an amazing verse? So as I was praying about what to share this morning, I was reading through, I'm reading through um, Micah in my own personal reading, and the Lord said, I want you to share this verse. And I'm saying, it's a bit of a random verse, Lord. And he says, just share it. So this is what it says, Micah 2 verse 13. One who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Our theme for the year is breakthrough. God is a God of breakthrough. He is, and He will. He will bring it to pass. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. I tell you what, you need the Lord at your head. For everything that you do in this world, you need Jesus as your head. And as I started to look at this, I started to look at what was gates. Do you know gates are mentioned a lot in the Bible? A lot of gates. And it's interesting because in the time of Israel, gates, it mentions a lot. It was the place guarded for a city's protection. The city gates were. But it was also the place where important business happened. They actually convened court by the gates. They had important decisions to make. That's where all the gossip happened, was by the gates. You even got 
the low life by the gates. People who, prostitutes, there was all sorts happened by the gate. Public announcements were made there. An activity took place. And you know, I just want to tell you, Jesus wants you, you come to church and we get built up and encouraged, but he wants you to get out by the gate, to go through the gate where it happens in the community, because that is where the need is. And you know, churches can build walls. Jesus never meant there to be walls built, but a gate, because a gate means entrance in and entrance out. He wants us to go out and to bring them in and to share and share the love. In Acts 3 and 2, there was another gate there, and there was a man, and it says he was lame from birth, and he was being carried to the temple gate right every day of his life, being carried there by his friends because that was the place where he just begged. He just wanted something to survive on every day of his life. He was begging for money. And Peter and John came along, and they said, we can't give you money, but look on us. And they said in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Do you know that Jesus wants to bring new legs to our world? He does. He wants people to have new legs. The world is crying out for not money, because money isn't actually going to help the world. What will help the world is Jesus. Mother Teresa was asked a statement. She was asked a question, and she said that she was asked, what can we do to help promote world peace? Do you know what she answered? Go home and love your family. Do you know that your world starts at home? You can make a difference in your home world first and foremost before you ever go out and make a difference in someone else's. And I can tell you that without Jesus in our life, without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And... Um, I would just want to tell you something about the Holy Spirit because it's really important. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. So when Jesus went back to heaven, he didn't leave us without any help. He gave us the Holy Spirit. John 14 and 16, the counselor to be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. He shows us what to do. And that word for the Holy Spirit there means paracletus. And it means someone who comes alongside a comforter and an encourager. Someone, so as you go out into the community to make a difference, you have the Holy Spirit with you. He is the comforter. Now, I want to tell you something. The Roman army was the most powerful army you could ever have in the world. It was amazing, strong army. They won and conquered over many, many of the enemy. And you know what they discovered was this. No matter how great a soldier might be, there are times when every soldier needs encouragement, especially when he's been marching for hours over rough land, only to think at the end of the match, I've got to face the enemy. And so what they decided to do was, they put in some men who would come along, and they were called the Paracletus, and they would come alongside the army and the soldiers, and they would match. But their job was this. They would say, you are awesome. You are the best army in the world. You can overcome the enemy. 
I just know that victory is on your side. You are on the winning team. And that is what the Holy Spirit is telling you as you go out into the community. You are on the winning team. And that is why the Roman army became so powerful because they had words of encouragement by, the, um, by these men, the Paracletus. So God was saying, this is what you have. As you go out into the world to make a difference, you have this. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And um, hey, there's not one size fits all. As you ask the Holy Spirit for help and guidance as you go out, that's not, this is, thus says the Lord, and you need a badge to, or you need a title to go out there. It's just as simple as go. Every one of us has been called. Every one of us can make a difference in our world. And, um, you know, I knew of a church who... um, they wanted to reach out to um, women in a strip club. And so they went in and they started to just bless them and to love on them. And they eventually said, as the the barriers broke down, because these women had never, ever, ever been treated with love and respect. They'd never known what it was like. They'd suffered abuse, terrible things. But, you know, through this and this um, crowd, this church that had a Bible study, they actually asked if they could have a Bible study in a strip club. And they actually said, yes, we would love to have a Bible study in a strip club. And I just thought that was so cool because the barriers broke down. And what happened was the ladies were running the Bible study, but one day the Lord said, I want you to, to send for the, the husband to go with you and lead the Bible study because these women had never known a man who was there all the time, faithfully in the life being there for them, sharing words of encouragement because they couldn't know Jesus really well because they'd never known what it was like for a man to be there and to love them. And through that, through this happening, this man showed up every week to share the love of Jesus with them. They became one by one to receive Jesus. It was so cool, so cool. So be encouraged to step out. The enemy is defeated. You do not need to be afraid. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And um, how am I doing for time? I've got a few more minutes. Oh, I just want to, I know I've shared this before, but sometimes I think testimonies are powerful. And whether we've shared it before, I'm going to share it again. But, you know, you might think, oh, I'm so inadequate. I can't. But I want to tell you about my sister. My sister was a twin. She was born in Malaysia. My mother, when she went into birth, thought she was having one. The doctor knew, but he never told her she was having two. So she had my other sister. So she had twins when she was in birth in Malaysia, um, gave birth in Malaysia, which nearly actually um, made my dad pass out because uh, he got such a fright when she said, oh, I've got something to show you. And in the, in the cot, there was two babies and not one. It was just totally amazing. Anyway, um, so my sister was born, the second one, Joanna. And um, when she was five-year-old, everything just seemed to happen to Joanna. You know, she could have given up in life, but as she was five, she saw my mum across the other side of the street. And instead of looking for the cars and safety, she just saw my mum and she ran across the road. She was hit by a, a ute and she was dragged under the ute and her hair caught on the back of the tow bar and she was dragged up the street because the, the guy in the tow truck and the ute had freaked out because he'd knocked someone and he went into shock and he couldn't actually stop. But the doctor went, there was a, oh, a policeman there who um, picked up 
Joanna, and he kind of said to my mum, I think she's dead. And, uh, but you know what was the miracle was that when she was hit by the ute, she, she actually, her head was knocked out and she passed out and her body went limp. And, and uh, they reckon that's what actually saved her. But you know, it wasn't just that because God had an amazing plan in her life because she was born to make a difference, just like you and I are born to make a difference. And she went to school and all through her life, she was kind of like one of those that she felt she was dumb. She was bullied at school. She felt, what can I ever do for God? And you know, later on in life, through that accident, I shared that once before, after that, it was in a really bad street, very busy street where the accident happened. They put what's called, and I think you call it a different name here, a lollipop lady. Someone who is a patroller, they keep the kids safe as they cross. The road, they put a lollipop lady there um, to save the kids. And forward in time, my sister in Edinburgh, when she um, looked for a job, she couldn't get a job. And it was a lollipop lady job that she finally got, crossing kids safely across the street. But not only did, they, um, did she have that job, but as she started to share and talk with the parents there, these mothers, I mean, this is in one of the hardest areas in Edinburgh. It's a rough area where my sister lives, really rough. There was lots of need there. So it was like going out through the gate, getting right into where the gate was. A lot of needy people in that area. She just started to listen to what they were telling her. She'd smile. She'd say, have an awesome day. She'd encourage them like the Holy Spirit does you and I. And she'd just love on these women and love on these people. And these people started opening up to her. And she started opening up to them. Having a relationship, connecting with them, and sharing the love of Jesus. And these women just started to open up and, and receive Jesus and, and love the Lord Jesus because of what Joanna was doing, making a difference right there at the roundabout, a busy area in Edinburgh. And through that, God has done mighty things because, you know, when you start making a difference in, your, in this world, you'd be surprised at how much the world will actually stand up and fight for you sometimes. God overrules and, and it can happen like that because Joanna was going to um, lose her job. Um, they, they decided that they had enough lollipop um, ladies around. There was too many and they were making people redundant. But because of her being there and making a difference in her life, all these women signed a petition. It was just so amazing. They signed this petition to say, we want our lollipop lady. So they fought for her. And she actually kept her job there because, you know, light is more powerful than darkness. And when you shine and when you make a difference, and it just needs to be a little difference, it doesn't, you might think, oh, what can I do? You can do mighty things when you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, even me, I, I love going to the gym because to me, that's where my gate is. I meet all sorts of women there and I ask the Lord, hey, just let me shine your love there. And God speaks to me there and he says, see that one? I want you to tell her this. And I'm like, oh, do I have to? Oh. And then it, there was, there's another a young girl that's come and joined the gym and the Lord says, see that one? I went, I know, I know. You want me to go and see her and talk? So I do. And I invite them out to lunch and I spend time. And when I went up to one of these young mums and I said, I would love to, to bless you and take you out for lunch. She goes, really? It's like, who does that? Jesus does that. 
Jesus takes people out and he dines with them and he spends time with them and he listens to them. That's what it's about to make a difference. So we're just going to finish on that note. The band are ready to go and I'm just going to pray a blessing on you first because you are awesome and I know that you can make a difference because you have Jesus in you. Father, thank you that we have been called to make a difference. It's not about our ability, but it's about your ability. Father, thank you that we have the Holy Spirit to encourage us. You never left us to do it alone because without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things because you are mighty. So Father, we just ask you blessing upon our community. Father, thank you that your heart of love is there and that you have called us to make a difference in our world by starting right in our home, by loving our family first and going out by the gate and spreading your love there. So Father, thank you for what mighty things you are doing in this community that you have called us to be placed. And Father, we know that this church is going to be full with people who are coming in because people are going out through the gates and reaching out to Uh, souls who need to know that uh, Jesus loves them. So we just thank you for what you are doing, Father. It is you who builds your church. And thank you that you use us to help you with that. So you are a mighty God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.